my name is Andrew, if I don't know you. Uh, really good to be with you this morning. And uh, as uh, Nina just was praying and leading us into uh, that song, uh, if you haven't heard, there's something coming up on Tuesday. Um, and so we wanted this morning to uh, actually do the thing that at a Thanksgiving table they say don't do. So don't talk about religion and don't talk about politics. Uh, today, we're going to do both of those things. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, you know, I, and really, I think, consider what is it, what does God's kingdom look like this morning? So I, I'm excited for this. Uh, there has been so much run up to this election, right? I feel like early 2018 was the start of like, there, we're already talking about candidates. We're already talking about all this stuff. So much investment. I heard uh, it'll be about $15 billion of finances going into marketing and advertising and campaigns. So we know so much emphasis, so much time and energy. Uh, but interesting in the season, I think there's like a, an actual big focus within the church. Uh, this feels like a cage match of uh, our faith and our Christianity and, and what's the our American identity. And so I wanted to just take a moment, one, to say like, what's, what's your own uh, blood pressure doing right now as I, I start to talk about politics? I think we're all pretty geared up. Um, so to just pause and just say, Jesus, uh, speak to us in this moment. Uh, but then for us as a church, uh, to begin to think about what does it look like uh, to follow Jesus in this moment. You have a lot of different voices. I, even this week, I read a bunch of different articles. You have a lot of different voices of Christian leaders saying that there is one way to be a faithful Christian in this season. And so you have folks on the, on the right that are saying the only godly Christian response is to vote Trump. That if you love Jesus, you will vote for Trump. Uh, there's a handful of folks that are saying we hold our nose and Trump, we don't love him, but he gets us what we want, right? Like he, he's gotten us Supreme Court justices and all these other things. And so we hold our nose, uh, but we vote for him. You have Christians on the left who are on the other end and say, if you love Jesus, if you care for the marginalized, you will vote for Biden and Harris. Uh, and you got other people that are, that are going third party or taking the step out, not voting at all. That's pretty rare, right? Um, and this, this season feels like um, this is so intense. Uh, and this morning, as a church, we begin to anchor ourselves in what does the scriptures say? Um, and, and what have the prophets and what has Jesus spoken to us that would be relevant this morning? So that's what we're going to do. Uh, but first, I want to tell you a story that for me gives uh, me a little sense of where I think we're at. Um, I have only hiked Yosemite's half dome once. So I, I didn't grow up. We, we camped and we car camped. So we'd pull into a site and camp. I didn't do a ton of hiking growing up. And so uh, a couple of years back, I, I, we did half dome. And, uh, if you haven't done it 17 miles, it takes, you know, I think it, I don't remember what it took us eight or 10 hours. And, uh, and so we, uh, we, we started really early in the morning. We got out there about 6 AM and as we got out of the car, it's cold. It's really dewy, right? Uh, you got sweaters on. And as we kept going down the trail, there's a couple spots on the trail that are, um, you know, they're more exposed. And so it was now, you know, 11 o'clock. It's pretty hot. We're taking off our jackets and stuff. So, but as, as we get close to the dome, 
all of a sudden, you know, in the mountains out, the weather changes quickly. So we get to the, the dome and it's now um, cloudy. It's starting to get windy. And then as soon as we get to the dome, it's now hailing. And off in the distance, we hear thunder, we see lightning. And, uh, you know, uh, if you had never been there, you got you to gotta get on these cables that go up the dome. And so holding on to metal cables in the midst of uh, lightning on one of the highest points around is probably not your best idea. And so as we're coming up to the cables, in fact, people are saying, hey, there's a, a, a couple of folks on there saying, don't come, stay there or wait it out. We kind of talked about it, decided, let's just go back. And in the process, uh, there's a lot of people coming off. There's a lot of people leaving. I actually got lost. So we're coming down and there was a trail. I don't know where it is. I am literally off the trail. Um, and I'm, I know I'm going downhill, so I'm just going to keep going downhill because that's the way home. That's the way back to the car. Um, but along that moment, you, it's probably a couple minutes, but in those couple of minutes, I am having every wild thought. I'm thinking about myself getting bit by a rattlesnake. I'm going to fall through a cave. And then like that dude, I'm going to have to cut off my arm. I mean, I am like freaking out, uh, eventually found the trail. Uh, but I think right now, the moment we are at is the church in America is at a critical moment. We are lost. We are off the trail. Uh, we have bought into a narrative. Uh, and this is mostly, I'm speaking to white evangelicals. Uh, we have bought into a narrative that has placed partisan politics at the center of our faith and the center of our lives. Um, we, we have bought into a narrative that says there is one way to follow Jesus and the church has to be involved in these type of politics. And this morning, I want to invite us to consider Jesus' words uh, and, and invite us to recognize we are paying a price for this, cho this choice. Uh, we are paying a price that folks are disillusioned with the church, disillusioned, they're hurt, they're frustrated, and they all can all see the church is clearly lost in the woods. The church has clearly got off the path. Uh, but I think Jesus, and, 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 and you know, it's fantastic that it's all saints day. There have saints that of old that have said, hey, church, you're off. You're off the trail. You're off the path. Uh, you're off the path to life and to wholeness. Uh, you're off the path of di real discipleship. And so this morning, uh, we want to step into some texts that are going to challenge us uh, to think about how do we be a people together? Like, what does it look like to be Americans, to be Christians, and, and to see those things come together? What is our true priority, and what is our true task as the church? And so uh, the first text I want to um, bring to us, both really short, but both really powerful. Uh, the first comes from Micah 6.8. And Micah 6.8, the prophet, uh, as one of the saints of old, calling to us, the prophet says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. What does the Lord require of you to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? And we just went through the Beatitudes recently as Midtown, but in the Sermon on the Mount, a little, a little later past the, uh, the Lord's Prayer, Jesus in Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Uh, I, I, think there's th I think there's a couple invitations for us this morning. Uh, three that I want to challenge us to. In this critical moment of the church, 
it, pre-election to pre-Tuesday, uh, we have an opportunity, one, to pledge allegiance to Jesus and his kingdom. Two, we have, a, we have an opportunity to serve the poor and the marginalized. And three, we're invited to pray. That's it. That, that's, that's what we need to do to get back onto this path. Uh, and I want to just take a moment right now to pray. As we start, that we'd soften our hearts, we'd, we'd enter and hear what the Lord would have for us this morning. So Lord, as we come before you, um, may you uh, give us a new vision. May you expand our imagination um, to embrace the various ways that we would pursue uh, our lives of faith, but that we would be centered on a call to justice and mercy and humility that would lead people to see what your kingdom is like. Help us to, to uh, our imaginations to be expanded this morning, Lord. Amen. So again, as, as, we, as we center to this moment, my concern, uh, I know I'm not the only one that shares this concern, but my concern is the increasing partisanship of our faith. Partisanship means we see it's an us versus them. It's either I'm right and you're wrong. Uh, it's, it's one way or the other. Uh, I do not want you to hear me say that politics isn't important. Politics is really important, and politics is a way we move forward justice. Politics is about how do we allocate our resources as a community. Um, it's who voices we lift up, who we give the most and the best resources to. So politics is really important, but it's not the full story. Um, politics has to have its proper place in the kingdom of God. Uh, and we as Christians, um, we have been sold a bag of goods that's coming up empty, we have, we have chosen partisan politics above the way of Jesus. Um, we have tried to legislate our, our values, our desires, our own politics, our own, our own lifestyle. We've tried to legislate those things instead of demonstrating those things. We are starting to be known for our fight for power in the halls of government instead of our love of our neighbor. Uh, that we are trying to set up a Christian kingdom in America instead of modeling and demonstrating the alternate kingdom of Jesus. And so this morning is an invitation to seek first God's kingdom. Jesus taught us to pray. Uh, and even as the song that Nina, Nina sang there, we, she, she sang the Lord's prayer. And in the Lord's prayer, Jesus taught us to pray. And when he taught us to pray, he said, pray daily that the kingdom of God would come on earth as it is in heaven. That, that's our daily invitation. And the kingdom of God is like a really funny term uh, because we don't think of kings, but it's the kingdom of God is a very political term, right? It's talking about the rule and the reign of God. The authority of God is, is here on earth. And that as Christians, we have a king and our king is G King Jesus, that we give our allegiance to him. That we, as we stand, we give our allegiance to Jesus and not to the United States. That he has our priority. He should have our hearts. He should have our imaginations. He should have our whole lives. That our primary allegiance is Jesus. Uh, I am grateful uh, for America. Some of you know, I'm actually born on the 4th of July. Uh, so, you know, I, I have the, uh, the 4th of July running through my veins. I'm, I'm grateful for the privileges and the comforts and the freedoms of this country. At our home to home group on, on Thursday, Andre was talking about how, you know, as, as a, a Ukrainian immigrant, like just being grateful for this country. And I think in many ways, there's so much to be grateful for, right? Like 
Um, I think even in the political division that we see, like we can be grateful that we can actually talk about our leaders, criticize them and not be killed or silenced. Um, that we ha have a sense of economic mobility and freedom. Um, and, but like as Christians, again, our primary allegiance is not as Americans. Our primary allegiance is to God, his kingdom and our King Jesus. And so as, as Jesus said in Matthew 6, we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. We pledge allegiance, not to the United States. We pledge allegiance to Jesus. We seek first his kingdom. And, and I think we're like the people of old right now. Uh, the church in America is like the people of old. We long for a king more than we long for God's kingdom. We want Saul. We want the good looking, the powerful, the wealthy um, leader. We want the big man in charge instead of Jesus and his kingdom. What was Jesus like? His kingdom was one of servanthood. His one was one of downward mobility and suffering. Uh, that we are, are, are placing ourselves in, into another kingdom. So that's our, that's our first point, right? That we pledge allegiance to Jesus and his kingdom. But then the prophets of Micah, the prophet, reminds us of how and what does this kingdom actually look like? So what are we called to do as a people? What's our primary responsibility? He says this again, I'll read it again. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. I love that phrase. He has showed you, O oh mortal, what is good. What is good? What is good is to act, to act justly, to not to tweet, not to Facebook post, not to complain, but to act, to actually live in a way that you're now moving into justice. You're practicing justice. You are doing just things. Uh, and I think you could use justice as a filter for voting, right? That you vote with justice in mind. You vote uh, in a way that goes, how does this affect those on the margins? How does it affect this, those that are hurt in a bad spot? We, we vote in a way of justice, but the prophet is calling us more than just to vote. The prophet is calling us to act, to pursue, to live a life of justice. When we see broken places, we as the church enter into those broken places, whether they're things on the left or whether they're things on the right, when we see something that's wrong, we act to fix them. We don't just tweet and talk about them. Uh, I'm a Twitter fan. Um, and then the prophet goes on. He says to love mercy. So you act justly and you love mercy. That mercy would be a, a guiding way of life. That we would be so changed, so transformed by the love of Christ that God would change our heart. That as we become cynical and hatred and resentment just starts to boil in our lives, we would circle back to Jesus and ask him for a merciful heart, that he would give us compassion, he'd give us empathy, um, that we would be, as the people of the church, we would be the people that would, uh, that would uh, take care of the wounds of our society, that when we see others hurting, we'd be so moved to care for others, that when we see the, the pain of our enemies, that caused them to, to speak and to act violently, that we would actually return that with love and favor. Like the, the God would make us merciful. So we act justly, we, we move towards mercy, and then we walk humbly. We know that God has created all, he's in all. We have our, our life and our breath and all that we have comes from him. 
And so life is an act of grace. Like life is practicing that grace and, and humility are the shoes that we put on as we walk out our faith. Um, humility is the way of the kingdom. So we, we recognize as, as people that have been transformed by God, we don't have all the answers. Um, we would recognize those to the left or the right of us. We only see from our perspective. I see from who I am. I see from my, my uh, economic, my, uh, all, all the identity factors of, of Andrew. That's how I see the world. And so I got to listen to people that are different than me. I got to have humility to recognize I don't have a full picture. I do the best with what I can, but I learn and I, and I grow alongside others. Uh, and so we put our trust. Humility is putting our trust in God's goodness, his kindness. Um, and, and so that's the way of being that Jesus' kingdom would look like this. This is the invitation for us. And I, what I've also recognized for myself is that this whole political conversation Tuesday is a way of distracting myself often from actually loving my neighbor. So I can, I can vote and think about my politics as a way of doing something, which it is. We have a, a great responsibility to vote, but it, it, it's a way and then, or I'm actually called to love and know my neighbor, not just talk about it, not just think about loving and knowing my neighbor. Uh, I can feel when I vote for a political party or candidate that I did something uh, instead of actually living that way. And so the prophets are challenging us to not just talk about it, not just think about it, to, but to act, to live into a new way. We have for too long have been letting the world conform us. We've been letting the world shape us. Um, we've been letting the world uh, dictate how we think about politics and our, and our role as Christianity, but it's not shaped around the lives and the teachings of Jesus, uh, that we haven't let his, his way of being totally transform us. Um, Jesus gives us really tangible commitments to be a disciple. Disciple is literally being like your master, following the way of Jesus. Um, as I was thinking about uh, how do we shape and how are we transformed as people, I came across something recently from one of the saints of old from America. Uh, if you think about one of our saints who's, who's had a biblical vision of justice and mercy in American history, who do you think of? You probably think of MLK. Um, and MLK and one of the ways that they did their protests, the ways they did their fight for justice, they used the political system. So not that politics is bad, but they use a political system to fight for the behalf of others, right? Uh, one of the things they did as, as they trained people for their protests is they, they had them have these commitments. So they would do an orientation do a training and then have everybody sign the dotted line. This is what it means to join our movement. Um, Kelly, could you uh, put that up on the screen? Um, so this is a commitment card from 1963. Um, one of the, the calls that as you would be trained, as you'd step into, you would see. Uh, and I want to read it instead of, uh, so we can all kind of see that as we think about the prophet's call, I, th I think the MLK movement, I think a lot of this was the Alabama Christians. They, were, they, were, uh, they had a set of principles. And so principle one was daily meditating on the teachings and life of Jesus. So we, we focus and we shape our lives around what does Jesus ask for us? Um, that we would remember that the nonviolent movement in Fresno and in Clovis, it seeks justice and reconciliation, not victory. So we have, we have a posture of mercy and humility that we fight for those on the margins, but we do it in a way that's not to dominate or destroy, to embarrass, that we fight in a way of we're, we're here for justice and reconciliation. 
that we walk and talk in a manner of love for God is love. That as we live as a people, we are trying to model what the kingdom looks like. And if our king is Jesus, his way is love. And we are supposed to model that love. Number four, that we pray daily to be used by God in order that all men and women might be free. We fight for freedom. We fight for those on the, on the margins. Uh, five, sacrifice personal wishes in order that all men and women might be free. Six, observe both friend and foe, the ordinary rules of courtesy. So we can still speak truth. We can still say, hey, this is wrong, but we do it in a way that's merciful, that ha has a bit of humility in it, right? Um, we seven, seek to perform regular service for others and for the world that we demonstrate what the kingdom is like. We demonstrate what our king is like as we serve, that we refrain from the violence of fist, tongue, and our heart. And then we strive to be good, spiritual, and bodily health. And this is a, a pledge that you would sign to say, if I'm going to be part of this movement, this is what I'm going to be like. I, th I think this is in line with what the prophet's trying to remind us. What Mike is saying, what is good, right? What is good uh, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk with your God? Uh, you could take that down, Kelly. Um, this, this is a moment where our allegiance is being challenged. Uh, for the church right now, there's a call to discipleship in the way of Jesus. The world is looking on for, for my own personal life, for your life, midtowns. And then really, I think the church in, the, in America is, are we going to be a people that pledge our allegiance first and foremost to Jesus and his way? Are we going to be a people uh, that is countercultural, that serves those on the margins uh, the church is lost. I, I still believe it. The church is lost in America. Will we find our way back to that narrow path? The path that saints have walked for, for, for thousands of years, the way of Jesus, where we would be uh, not about where one political party wins, uh, where it's about victory, where we want to dominate our will to others, but through Jesus' example, through the Jesus way of death, sacrifice and service. Um, voting is a responsibility, but it's, it's easy to let that be the end. Living a life of justice and mercy is costly. It's going to cost us something. It's sacrificial. It's Jesus looking, right? Um, and then over all of these things, as we, as we think about what's coming this Tuesday, uh, I just invite you to pray. Be praying in a way of justice and mercy and humility, right? Pray for our leaders, our city leaders, our state leaders, our national leaders. We pray for our families, those that are hurting, those on the margins. We pray for our neighborhoods, that all neighborhoods would be flourishing, that our nation would flourish. And we pray for our political and real enemies, the people that when you watch a YouTube video, see them on Facebook, you're just like, ugh. pray for them. Like that's the Jesus way that we would pray blessing uh, in their life. We pray blessing over our lives. Uh, and in this moment, we're invited like, this is a new day, church. Like, we're invited. Are we going to step up to the plate and examine and take Jesus's word seri seriously to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness? So join me in that. This is not an act of perfection, but this is an act that we need to take together uh, to seek Jesus's kingdom first and foremost.